Welcome to Enjoying the Journey with Evangelist Scott Pauling. Today, we are on a journey through Scripture. We hope you'll join us as we make 66 stops through each book of the Word of God. Many years ago, a famous preacher was asked, Are you ready to preach? And his answer was, Not yet. I have not yet got a morsel for myself. He meant by that, he understood that his own soul had to be fed if he was going to pass the bread on to anyone else. I give you that story because in our journey now, we've come to the book of 2 Corinthians. And 2 Corinthians is a book that means a great deal to me. As a preacher and teacher of the Word of God, Many years ago, I came to the book of 2 Corinthians and found in it a morsel for my own soul. As a matter of fact, the classic passage on ministry is found, I believe, in 2 Corinthians. If you take chapter 2, beginning at about verse 14 through chapter 7 and verse 1, these are some of the verses that I frequently meditate on just before I get up to preach and teach the Word of God to someone else. It does my heart good. And if you're teaching or preaching the Bible, trying to minister to anyone else, I would challenge you to read this passage for yourself. It's filled with truths for ministers. For example, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Isn't that a great verse? A reminder that we're nothing and God is everything. The key word of this book literally is the word minister. Uh, It, or some form of it, is found about 20 times in this particular book. And yet, the emphasis is not on the minister himself, but rather on the minister bringing glory to God. You remember that 1 Corinthians showed us the inside workings of a local church. Well, if that is true, then 2 Corinthians opens the apostle's heart. It takes us deep into the heart of the Apostle Paul. This is the most letter-like letter that Paul wrote. (laughs) Many of the letters seem very much like books to us now, but this one's going to seem very much like a modern-day letter because it is one of the most personal and emotional things that Paul wrote. Here's the setting for 2 Corinthians, and it'll help you understand why. Paul has just come through one of the darkest times of his life. Could I remind you that ministers have their valleys? Uh, that the man that stands up and preaches the Word of God to you or teaches you the Bible, he has the same struggles that you do. The Apostle Paul, we find in chapter 1, had just had great trouble in Asia. In chapter 2, he tells us he had a very anxious season waiting in Troas. Uh, He narrowly escaped Ephesus with his life. His young congregation in Galatia was falling away to another gospel. Corinth was in revolt against him. Titus, who was supposed to be bringing a report from Corinth, didn't show up when he was expected. It's a reminder that even godly people, and may I say especially God's people, have great struggles and spiritual fights that go on in warfare. As a matter of fact, there's a phrase in chapter 7, verse 5, where he says, Without were fightings, within were fears. Does that describe you today? On the outside, skirmishes all around, and on the inside, great fear. Well, I would challenge you to read the next two words from the Apostle Paul's pen. In chapter 7, 
He says, without we're findings, within we're fears, nevertheless, God. Aren't those two beautiful words? Look, friend, God is greater than your enemy and God is greater than your fears. The Lord always comes through right on time. And delays are often divine appointments. The great theme of this book is the motive and method of ministry. And let me just pause for a moment and say, this is not just for preachers. You remember, the Apostle Paul's writing, and he's writing out of his own ministry, no doubt. 2 Corinthians is very biographical. For example, there are several experiences found recorded in this book that are found nowhere else. Four chapters of the book, or about 30% of the book, is devoted to defending Paul's apostleship. So there's no doubt it's for preachers, and it's written from a preacher. But this book is not just about the ministry of Paul. It's about the ministry of a local church. It's about the ministry of every member in that local assembly. For example, 2 Corinthians tells us about a special fundraising project that was underway in the church of Corinth. And Paul is challenging the people to jump in, to do their part, to get involved in this special ministry. And so I want to say to you that ministry is not just for people who hold an office in the church. God expects every one of His children to be engaged in ministering to other people. We might say it this way, if you are the recipient of ministry, then you're to be relaying ministry. And so that brings us to the key verse. Now there are many great passages in the book. Oh, I wish I had time to talk to you about all of them. But I believe the key to this book is found very near the beginning, in the opening verses. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, we read these words, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Someone says, I don't know how to minister to someone else. Oh, yes. You simply minister to them the same grace that's been ministered to you. You share with them the truth that you have been taught. You pass on the mercy that you have come to understand and know. Two great words, little words, but powerful words in this verse. Verse 4, who comforteth us in all our tribulation. Friend, whatever your tribulation is today, the Comforter has come. The Holy Spirit of God is very present. He is God at hand. He is God in your heart. He wants to comfort you in all your tribulation. But God doesn't comfort you to make you comfortable. God comforts you to make you a comforter, to make you not a depository but a tributary, a means by which His comfort may reach other people. That's why you find this great purpose statement, that, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. And there's the second word. God comforts you in all your tribulation so you can comfort those who are in any trouble. It does not mean necessarily uh, that every person you meet is going to go through exactly what you've gone through or that you will have gone through what every person you meet has gone through. That's impossible. We can't all have the same experiences. Thank God we don't have all of life's trouble in one life. And yet the point is this. The same God who comforts you in all of your tribulation is able to comfort them in any tribulation that they are going through. I remember many years ago God teaching me and my wife this lesson in a very definite way. If you'll permit me, since we're in a book that's very biographical, to share a personal testimony today. Uh, very early on in our married life serving the Lord, 
we lost a child. We were expecting a baby and, and the Lord saw fit to take that child home to heaven. And I remember a struggling with that. Why did God allow that to happen? And then I remember the first time I ever heard someone say, please pray for this family. They've lost a baby and they're having a hard time. And the Holy Spirit brought that to my mind and said, that's the reason. It never dawned on you that God allows you to go through things, not just for you, but for someone else. Early on, I went through a great struggle in my own life, dealing with assurance of salvation, struggling with doubt. And uh, God gave me victory. Frankly, God gave me victory with the truth that our sufficiency is of God, that Christ is enough. And I remember when young people started coming to me saying, I'm so embarrassed and ashamed, uh, but I, I'm doubting my salvation. What can I do? And I remember beginning to share with them the same comfort that God had shared with me. Oh, my friend, that's all God expects of you to do. If you journey through 2 Corinthians, you find that Paul begins with an account of his own ministry. And then he moves from that to an appeal for ministry. In other words, it's not just about him. It's about others getting on board. It's about others ministering. And so following that same pattern today, may I say to you, God's been awfully good to me. And I'm seeking by the grace of God today to minister that to you, to pass it along to you. Could I challenge you to do the same? Would you join me on this journey of ministry today? Would you determine that this day you'll share a verse of Scripture, a word of testimony, a personal witness, something out of the overflow of God's working in your own life? Because then not only will you enjoy the journey, someone else will come to enjoy the journey with you. Friend, did you know that the purpose of the Bible is not to know the Bible, the facts, the people, the places, but instead the purpose of the Bible is to know God. Do you know Him? Do you know that God has already done everything necessary for you to know Him? Jesus Christ, God's Son, died on the cross and rose again from the dead to pay for your sin debt. It is our prayer that you will trust Jesus today. If you'd like additional help in your Christian life, be sure to visit our website, scottpauley.org. Among the many resources we have available, we're excited to make available to you a Journey Through Scripture daily Bible reading plan. This will be a tremendous help in our current study. Until next time, may God help you to enjoy the journey.